The New York Rangers defeat the Vancouver Canucks 4-3, a game in which I thought the Rangers played just as well as they needed to instead of maybe as well as they're capable of, but it's somewhat understandable given that insane game that they just played against the Calgary Flames. Bottom line, though, a lot of things to like in this game as well. Keandre Miller with three assists. Rangers post a 4-3 win against the Vancouver Canucks. Going to talk about all that and more on today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 768 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And as I was just mentioning, I feel like this is a classic case of a team doing just enough to win, not necessarily playing their A game, not necessarily playing as well as they're capable of, but finding a way to get done in the end, and that's the important thing. You know, obviously the Rangers are up against a Vancouver Canucks team that has really struggled this season, to say the least. Uh, You know, Tockett replaced Boudreaux, you know, about a couple of weeks ago, whatever it was. I I believe this was Tockett's, like, fourth game with the Canucks or or something along those lines. Um, But, you know, I think it's also a sign that, you know, the fact that we can see the Rangers win a game 4-3 to and, you know, continue this this solid stretch that they've been on ever since they went through that really dark uh, streak in the fall there where they were just losing and losing and losing and just not playing well. But the fact that the Rangers, you know, can now win a game and we can still as a fan base kind of sit here and be like, ah, man, you know, they, they could have played better than that or this game should have been a blowout or they had so many chances to really step on the gas, step on the Canucks' throats, whatever you want to call it, and uh, we're not able to do it. You could You can feel a little bit disappointed from that, still be happy that they won. I mean, as recently as certainly two years ago, we as Ranger fans would have taken a win any way that we could possibly get it. And I would say even the same thing last year as well. Obviously, the Rangers had a great season last year, but we are still kind of getting used to the idea of the Rangers once again being a good team. And now that they had some success last year, made it to the playoffs, made it to the Eastern Conference Final with that great run that they had there, uh, we've gotten to the point where, once again, as Ranger fans, we're holding this team to a higher standard, and we're expecting you know them to go out there and compete every night and uh, play good hockey and, and be a winning hockey team and uh, certainly be a threat come Stanley Cup playoff time. And again, the one thing that you have to say in the Rangers' defense here is that they played that game against the Calgary Flames on Monday. They was just completely out of control. Everything you could possibly want in a hockey game, it was there. Uh, you know, there was high scoring. There were lead changes. Goes into overtime. We got some overtime heroics from the New York Rangers. There was fighting. There were big hits. It had everything. Uh, the intensity was just off the charts. So, you know, it's kind of hard to replicate that kind of intensity and, and that kind of just, uh, frankly, insanity uh, on the ice that we saw on uh, that game on Monday against the Calgary Flames in this game here against the Canucks. There really wasn't a whole lot of extracurriculars. There wasn't a lot, a whole lot of nastiness. Uh, there was one instance where, and even this was fairly mild, but, um, you know, Igor had made a save. 
Uh, Bear was there. Ke'Andre Miller was there. Miller knocked Bear to the ice. Bear got back up, didn't like it, got in Miller's face, uh, shoved him a little bit. And in the final few minutes of the game as well, you know, that was a situation where the Rangers were holding on to the one-goal lead. So naturally, you know, the intensity is going to pick up and emotions are going to run high. And, you know, a little bit of pushing and shoving after the whistle, maybe, but not a whole lot of that at all. Uh, So nice that the Rangers could win such an emotionally charged, crazy game against the Flames, then turn around and avoid the letdown or the quote-unquote trap game, or whatever you want to call it. I'm not too big on that trap game cliche, but I can at least appreciate where it comes from. The fact that they could win kind of a low-intensity game, if you will, against the Canucks. That's not to say it was perfect, uh, but the important thing here is that the Rangers found a way to get done, got their two points. And, uh, you know, there, there were some things to nitpick. I, I think for starters, we could probably talk a little bit about uh, Igor Shosturkin. Now, he got the win here, stopped 22 of 25 shots. Uh, most of his best saves came late in this game, and they occurred when the Rangers were up by just one goal, uh, which was the majority of the third period. So Igor made the big saves when he needed to, when they really counted. He wasn't really tested a whole lot early in the game. And honestly, the three goals that he gave up, I would say, other than the second goal, the one that deflected off of Panarin and into the net, there's there's not a whole lot you can do there. Took a bad bounce, got by him. Uh, the other two, though, I, I think were certainly somewhat savable, and definitely uh, the last one, the one that uh, cut the Ranger lead from 4-2 down to 4-3 on that goal. You know, everybody thought it was going to be an icing. And to be fair to Igor, you know, the Rangers kind of fell asleep on this play too. Um, but, you know, the puck goes behind the net. We think it's going to be icing. It's not. Comes back out in front. Igor can't handle it. Pedersen gets there and just pokes it by Igor. And that happened 11 seconds after the Rangers had made it 4-2 and seemingly... You know, I don't want to say clinch the win, but looking like they were going to be well on their way to a win, and you give it right back there. So that was unfortunate. Uh, Igor did make some really nice saves, though, um, you know, down the stretch in this game, and we're going to talk about a couple of those when we sort of go to the big finish because I want to spotlight the third period and everything that happened there and uh, how the Rangers were able to uh, to hold off the Canucks. And, uh, in fact, you know, we might as well just go ahead and do that right now. Let's let's talk about the big finish here. Like I said, interesting night for Igor Shosturkin, but he made some strong saves uh, down the stretch here. He had... In the third period, a tough save in deep. This is when the Rangers are up 3-2 to two at this point. That was also the save where, uh, you know, Miller knocked Bear to the ice. Bear got upset about it. Whatever. I mean, nothing too crazy there. Uh, but then Igor, not too long after this, big save on a slap shot. Uh, there was a scramble in front of the net right after that, and Igor covered that one as well. Uh, then, you know, it's getting late in the third period. Rangers with a really hardworking shift, and they score to make it 4-2 to with 3.55 to go. Uh, VZ made some uh, under-the-radar plays here. He was battling along the boards to keep this play alive, keep the Ozone possession alive, and uh, eventually went for a stuff-in try. You know, was behind the net, came out in front, tried to, you know, tuck it under the pads there. But eventually, Puck goes back to Jacob Truba. Truba takes a shot from the blue line. It is deflected by Mika Zibanejad. It goes into the net. Uh, The Rangers at that point up 4-2. to And that's what also led to the aforementioned goal by Pedersen. You know, the one where, again, it happened right after this, just 11 seconds. I think everybody kind of just assumed it was going to be icing, but I don't think this should have been called an icing. I I know that, you know, Glant was talking to the linesman about it, and, you know, Igor was was talking to the ref about it after it happened. Um, But it it looked like Pedersen was going to get there first, and he did, and... He's able to score just by poking the puck past Igor Shesterkin. So that was unfortunate. would be nice to see the Rangers not fall asleep, you know, the shift after a goal here. And it'd be nice to see them close with some authority and not let the Canucks back into the game. That didn't happen. But fortunately, uh, the Rangers were able to hold them off the rest of the way. But that cut the uh, the Ranger lead to 4-3. It was also the final 
uh, goal scored in this game. And then you get a shift right after this one. Really nice save by Igor Shesterkin. Comes up with a big stop against Beauvillier, the uh, former Islander, now a Canuck. He was, of course, part of the Bo Horvat trade. Uh, but Igor Shesterkin with a nice save there. You've got the Canucks pulling their goalie with one minute and 43 seconds to go. Artemi Panarin with a nice defensive play in the attacking zone. Uh, sent the puck, you know, behind the Vancouver net there. So that obviously killed some time, you know. Panarin was back there trying to get the puck loose, wasn't able to do it. But like I said, you know, just just this defensive play and then also uh, going back behind the net, fighting for the puck a little bit, that killed some time, which was obviously to the Rangers' uh, advantage at this point in the game. Uh, you got VZ, you've got Hedl, you've got Panarin, Truba, and Miller on the ice. Uh, Miller cleared the puck out of the Rangers' zone, missed the net by, I mean, it wasn't really that close. It was in the ballpark. It was enough to get the fans excited and think that it might go in but it was an icing with 53 seconds left. Uh, there's a timeout. Uh, the only kind of uh, issue with, with Hedl being on the ice here, and believe me, I'm not going to complain about ice time for Philip Hedl because he's been fantastic, and we're going to talk about the kid line in a little bit here as well. Um, but he's the only center on the ice. He has to take the face off, and he loses it clean. Uh, fortunately, the Rangers were able to defend pretty well. And then uh, Hedl almost gets an empty net goal. you got Panarin passing the puck out of the zone, leading Hedl into the attacking zone. Uh, Hedl got past everybody. This is a situation where, you know, he was tripped and the penalty was called. The refs could have potentially awarded him with, um, you know, the automatic goal there. You see that called every now and then when a player is behind the defense, empty net, and is obviously going to score. Um, there was another Canuck player, not the one who tripped him, but there was another one uh, kind of bearing down on him as well. So I guess from the rest perspective, in his mind, maybe that guy could have gotten there and, and prevented the scoring opportunity, but they don't give the automatic goal. They give the Rangers a power play, 38 seconds left and up by a goal at this point. Um, so obviously the Canucks got to put their goalie back in. They get him out of the crease with 22 seconds to go. Uh, you know, they, they briefly got into the Rangers zone, but uh, Panarin got it out into the neutral zone to Trocek. By the time the Canucks got it back into the Rangers zone, there were like three seconds left, and they never got it anywhere near the net. So the Rangers uh, play a good defensive third period, with the exception of that one lapse that they had there, a good defensive third period, and, uh, you know, a solid win. It was not, it's not going to be on my top 10 list. I can tell you that right now. After every season, we always do top 10 best Ranger wins of the season. This one's not going to make the cut, but uh, nevertheless, uh, still Nice that they found a way to get the two points here against, you know, an underwhelming opponent and after, um, you know, having that insane game against the Calgary Flames. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Want to uh, go ahead and, um, you know, keep keep everything going here. Talk about a couple of other things that happened in this game. Uh, but first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the new betting partner for Locked On, and it is the only app that you will need at your Super Bowl party because it is America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, and if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
So one other aspect that I want to talk about here that, uh, you know, I, I thought was a little bit disappointing from the Ranger perspective in this game. And then I swear after that, it's going to be nothing but positives because, like I said, I mean, th this win left something to be desired. But there were, I would say, probably more positives than negatives coming out of this one. And, of course, the, the most important thing, the fact that the Rangers found a way to get done, found a way to get two points. But, um, uh, yeah, so you've got Igor Shesterkin against Spencer Martin. And Martin has really struggled. He lost eight straight decisions coming into this one. Make it now nine in a row. Goals against average of 394. Uh, save percentage of 875. And, you know, when you're going up against a goalie like that, you want to cause some havoc, cause some traffic, get the puck at the net, test this guy, and, you know, see what he's made of. The Raiders were only able to get 21 shots on goal against Martin. Obviously, they scored on four of them, so I suppose quality over quantity. But it would have been nice to see him under a little bit more fire than he was in this game. You know, there were some times where I thought the Rangers did a decent job getting some second-chance scoring opportunities and, you know, creating a little bit of havoc in front of the net. But, you know, for one reason or another, the shots on goal just never added up. I mean, it was a little bit of a tight defensive game, uh, especially in the third period. Rangers did a great job limiting the Canucks uh, shots on goal as well. And the other thing that, that kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm talking about here is the Rangers once again go 0 for 3 on the power play. Now, of course, one of those three power plays is the aforementioned situation with Philip Hedl. Uh, he was tripped with 38 seconds to go. Rangers go to the power play. You're First of all, you've only got 38 seconds. And of course, you're up by a goal there. Your primary concern is making sure that they don't score. So I'm not going to even really count that one against them. But the other two power plays, mixed bag. I thought the first one was okay. I thought they were showing a decent amount of creativity, trying some different things. You know, they tried to set up Kreider for a tipping goal, weren't able to do that. Uh, Miko with a one-timer that did not go. Artemi Panarin with a one-timer. Some good puck movement. A couple of instances where, you know, somebody would you know, fake a shot and end up passing or, you know, fake a shot and weave around the defender there. So overall, you know, I, I thought that first power play looked okay, but um, you just got to keep your fingers crossed that uh, they figure this out because the longer this goes, you know, this playoff drought, and I, I, I'm almost positive they got at least one against Calgary without looking at the box score. Um, but the cries for Filipino to be on that top power play unit are only going to get louder and louder. Uh, something else that I got to mention here. It was uh, Black History Night in Madison Square Garden. As I've said in the past, I think the Rangers always do, you know, a pretty good job with these uh, these different theme nights and you know honoring different people and different groups. Uh, you had a situation where uh, Carl Heasty, he is the speaker of the New York State Assembly. Um, so he was on the ice before the game. Uh, Keandre Miller was out there for the puck drop as well. Uh, Regina Wilson singing both national anthems did a great job. Uh, there was a ten thousand dollar donation to the Black Girls Hockey Club. Uh, and also very cool to see Keandre Miller, you know, once again on Black History Night, get his first three-point game. He had three assists in this game and uh, just continuing his ascent to superstardom. But overall, you know, I, I thought the Rangers did a really nice job, as they usually do uh, with these these different theme nights that they have, you know, throughout the course of the season. So uh, also wanted to just mention the lineup real quick here. We don't have to talk about it for too long because... Obviously, uh, there were no changes made other than Igor Shesterkin obviously replacing uh, Yaroslav Halak in goal. You know, the kid line was intact. They still have VZ with Panarin and Mika on the top line. Kreider, Trocek, Goodrow is your second line. Uh, left to right on the fourth line is Cooley, Lecision, and Blay. I know there's people that want to see Gautier back out there, maybe Kravtsov back out there. Uh, I do feel like a trade for the Rangers could be imminent, especially because they're currently uh, carrying 23 players. I just don't think it's necessary, and um, I, I just feel like either Kravtsov 
or Gautier could be on the move. I, I heard from a couple of you guys that mentioned Will Cooley. It's possible they're showcasing him, and he could end up being the one that gets traded. Um, we shall see there. But it does feel like sooner or later here, and probably sooner rather than later, uh, the Rangers will end up making a move. Uh, did want to talk about, for sure, the kid line because they continue to just tear it up. Uh, once again, second straight game here. After the All-Star break, where all three members got at least one point, you've got Alexi Lafreniere scoring a goal. You've got Philip Hedl scoring a goal. Shocking, I know. Uh, Capo Caco with a primary assist. So to kind of just go through the goals here, uh, Philip Hedl made the score 2 to nothing in favor of the Rangers. Uh, he won a faceoff back to Keandre Miller. Uh, Miller passes up to Caco along the boards. Fantastic job by Capo Caco here. As I've mentioned, as the seasons have gone by with Capo Caco, we're seeing more of him. Uh, realize that he can use his size and his strength to an advantage. When he doesn't want to give up possession of the puck, there's not a whole lot the opposition can do about it. And in this case, you know, he goes around the defenseman. Defenseman loses his stick, you know, trying to defend against Kako. Uh, Kako continues to you know, move along the boards there, uh, passes in front to Philip Heedle, and a great move by Heedle here. Heedle could have shot right away. Instead, he pulled the puck to his backhand while moving toward the center of the ice and right in front of the net there, flicked a backhand uh, into the far side of the net, and that gave the Rangers a 2 to nothing lead at that point. Uh, Philip Heedle now with eight points in his last six games. Kako at this point had... Uh, six points in his last six games. So uh, they're obviously feeling it right now. And I wrote into my notes because once again, this this goal here made it two to nothing and we were only 831 into the first period. And obviously, again, you're playing an underwhelming opponent. You're off to a great start here. I thought the first period was the best period of the night for the Rangers. And I wrote into my notes here, do not, if you're the Rangers, make the mistake of thinking that this is going to be easy, that this is going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be you know a cinch to beat this team. Uh, you get very, very few easy wins in this league, and I, I think there's sometimes, sometimes where the Rangers do take their foot off the gas a little bit. Might have been the case here. There were so many times in this game where it felt like the Rangers were in total control and, you know, just one or two shifts away from uh, delivering the knockout goal and, and maybe going up by f by three goals. Uh, they were never never able to do it, though, so... Um, you know, a little bit disappointing. I I could go for a Rangers six to nothing win. We don't get too many of those, and granted, they're they're kind of rare to begin with. But yeah, um, it does feel like the Rangers tend to be in dogfights more often than not, and uh, they really have to earn these wins. But man, one of these nights, the Rangers just have to to blow a, blow out a team. Um, just take them down, you know, 6 nothing, 7-1, you know, something along those lines where the Rangers actually get a somewhat easy win. I know they're rare. They happen from time to time, and I, I think the Rangers are due for one, hopefully. Uh, but we shall see uh, if that happens soon. May not happen all that soon because the Rangers are up against two tough opponents uh, in their next two games. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, I also want to talk about the goal, uh, the kid line scored to make it 3-1 to one in favor of the Rangers. You've got Kako carrying the puck up the boards on the right side with one hand on his stick. Once again, confidence. You know, moving along with just one hand on his stick and just pushing the puck back to Keandre Miller at the blue line. Miller over to Truba. Truba with a shot. Deflects uh, off of Lafreniere's skate. And then Lafreniere able to stuff at home. Uh, Might have been going in anyway, but he wasn't taking any chances there. Makes it 3-1. to one, And that was also when Keandre Miller got his third assist of the night. Uh, and Lafreniere with a point in at least one point in five of his last six games. And this line's looking as good as ever, the Ranger kid line. And for everybody that's like, you know, worried about the fact that, oh man, why don't they have Hedl in the top six? Why don't they have Lafreniere in the top six? Why don't they have Kako in the top six? First of all, you got to keep this line together. And if you think that this line should be the second line, I'm not going to argue with you. But you know what? 
just pretend they're the second line. It doesn't really matter. Their time on the ice is very, very comparable with what the current Rangers second line of Kreider and Rochek and Goodrow uh, are currently getting. All three of the kids had more ice time than Barclay Goodrow. Uh, I think a couple of them had a little bit more than Chris Kreider. I got the stats open here. Kreider had 1702. Uh, Kako had less. Heedle had four seconds less. So, I mean, he pretty much had the same amount of time. And uh, Lafreniere had less uh, than Kreider as well. Um, but bottom line, I mean, they're, they're getting their ice time. I mean, all three of them were out there for longer uh, than Barclay Goodrow was. Uh, Trocek was out there for 19-12. So he had more of any of the Ranger forwards in the middle six. Uh, but he's also out there for 3-10 on the power play. You got to keep that in mind as well. But bottom line, I, I mean, it's semantics. You, you could look at either the Rangers' second line, as the third line, the third line is the second line, or whatever it might be. They're, they're pretty interchangeable right now. And uh, the kid line has rightfully been rewarded with some more ice time, and, and they're obviously taking advantage of it and, uh, you know, obviously making big-time contributions to this team right now. Uh, I think uh, we're at the point here where we've talked about all of the Ranger goals except for the first one, so we might as well go ahead and uh, knock that one out as well. Uh, you got Chris Kreider uh, scoring a goal to open the scoring. And actually, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Bilt bars at Bilt.com. Now, you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you happen to be close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, so yeah, definitely want to talk about this Kreider goal. I mean, we might as well. We've covered the other three. We might as well get the fourth one here. And uh, you got a situation, again, it's pretty early in the game. Rangers just explode out of their own zone. Uh, you've got Keandre Miller passing up to Vincent Trocek. The pass that uh, Miller made here reminded me quite a bit of the pass that Kako made to spring Philip Heedle in the most recent game. Uh, that also... I'm. I believe that was Heedle's first goal. Open the scoring against the Calgary Flames. This one opens the scoring as well. And, uh, you know, same spot on the ice, same kind of angle as far as uh, how the pass was made off the boards and uh, spring the Ranger into the attacking zone and uh, going from right to left on the screen. Just reminded me uh, very much of the Kako to Heedle goal that we got against Calgary. Um, but, yeah, again, you know, Miller off the board to Trocek. Trocek picks it up in stride, and he did a fantastic job here. He keeps his eyes on the net for pretty much the entire time, but I, I feel like, you know, out of the corner of his eye, he could see Kreider there, but he sold everybody. He sold the goalie, sold the defenseman, uh, that, you know, he was going to be shooting the puck here, and he held on to it until the last possible second, passed to his left to Kreider, Kreider with the tip-in goal. It's funny, I don't lose sight of the puck very often. Every time somebody says that to me, like, like a casual hockey fan or a non-hockey fan, oh, I can't follow the puck, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's really not that difficult. 
Um, but in this case, I actually did lose sight of it. It looked to me like when when Trocek passed that it went off one of the defensemen and in, but obviously that was not the case. You know, he got it to Kreider there. Kreider tips it home. Uh, very nice to see Kreider, you know, crashing the net, scoring one of his trademark tip-in goals. And Kreider now tied uh, with Marc Messier, number seven all-time in New York Ranger history with 250 goals. And anytime you can tie Marc Messier in any stat that, you know, the the hockey people keep track of. Uh, that's obviously a good thing and very impressive. And, uh, you know, Kreider's going to keep climbing the ranks here. And like I said, you know, we've talked about this before. Kreider has been a heck of a player for this team and a success story. You know, a forward drafted in the first round, somebody that jumped right in, made his NHL debut during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, he's been, you know, just a very, very good player for this team for a lot of years. He does go hot and cold at times, um, but, you know, he, he's contributed a lot, been a part of some deep playoff runs, uh, has grown into a leadership role for sure, and uh, somebody that, you know, I'm glad he's still here. I'm glad he's still on the New York Rangers and, uh, you know, by far at this point, the longest tenured Ranger. He might be, Kreider might have more seasons on the Rangers, especially if you count that first season where he only played in the playoffs. He might be on the Rangers longer for, for twice as long as anybody else. Uh, Mika's a Benajad, it'd be close there. I, I want to say Mika's probably in like year six, if I had to guess without looking at it. Uh, Kreider is in, I, I want to say like year 11. I would have to check that out. But bottom line, Kreider's been here a long, long time, still in his early 30s, still has a lot of good hockey in front of him, and obviously going to be a huge, huge part of this team uh, if they're going to get to, you know, where they want to go this season. So uh, yeah, we, uh, we could pretty much call it there. Uh, I did want to mention, though, that uh, Gerard Gallant got win number 350 against the Calgary Flames the other night, so big congratulations there. It's one of those things, you know, I really wanted to talk about that, at least mention it during, you know, the game against the Flames, but as I mentioned when we did our recap episode, that game was just certifiably insane, and so, uh, yeah, that was one of those things that kind of just fell through the cracks. There was so much to talk about after that game. Something else that I thought was kind of interesting, the Canucks came into this one with five straight wins against the Rangers. Make of that what you will. I mean, to me, it's a little surprising because you know the Canucks haven't exactly been world beaters the last few seasons, but obviously they've had their Rangers number until tonight. It is also the five-year anniversary of the letter. That was the letter that the Rangers sent out to their fans announcing the intention to rebuild. I think the Rangers have mostly done a fantastic job. There have been a couple of misses here and there, but there have been more hits than misses uh, as evidenced by the Rangers' success that they had last year and the success that they're continuing to have this year after going through a, a really rough patch there. Uh, another stat that I found very interesting, Artemi Panarin, the first New York Ranger with 40 or more assists in all of his first four seasons with the team. And keep in mind, one of those seasons was the uh, pandemic-shortened season. You know, he didn't have the the full slate of games, still got to 40-plus assists in that season. So congratulations to Artemi Panarin. I mean, when you think of all the great players that have played for this franchise, for him to be the first one to do anything, tremendously impressive. And uh, Artemi Panarin, obviously, you know, just like Kreider, going to be He's one of the pillars. He's one of the driving forces on this team. And uh, he's going to have to be big time if the Rangers are going to get to where they want to go. I mentioned earlier in the episode that the Rangers have two really tough games forthcoming here. Rangers are going to be back in action on Friday at home against the Seattle Kraken at 7. Then on Saturday, the Rangers will be at the Canes also at 7 o'clock. So a back-to-back against two first-place teams uh, in the NHL, two of the four division-leading teams in the Kraken and the Canes. I would imagine 
You probably get Igor for one of the games. You probably get Halak for one of the games. I would say maybe Halak against the Kraken. You save Igor for the divisional matchup against the Canes, but uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to do it. It's been tough, you know, predicting how they're going to deploy their goalies recently, but that would be my best guess, uh, at least as of right now. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.